Greetings, comrades, and welcome to the Eastern Border. Sorry if I make weird sounds in this show. It's just that, well, I have heart issues, and I have had, had massive nosebleeds for the past few days, which means that, uh, yeah, my nose is clogged up, and it's pretty horrible. I can't breathe through that at all. So, sorry about that one. Secondly, today's going to be a news episode because, well, I have to talk about Prigozhin once again, because you'll hear, it's fine. But uh, also, also, we still are a bit of a short on cash for the Ukraine trip for four people. Planning is a nightmare. We're still about, you know, 1500 to $2,000 short, short. I have to figure this one out. So I'll put the link in the show notes where you can donate if you want to help. That'd be really nice. But only if you can, please. Because you're super helpful. You're paying for my salary and everything. And uh, I'm very, very thankful to everyone who does this. And finally, on the update part from the show perspective uh, we're going to be making a watch along on discord with my patreons and i think we're going to be doing that on the 15th or the 16th of july yeah and there you know we'll be watching some some movie currently looks like it's going to be the death of stalin which i own i have also paid like for streaming rights for that one so it's going to be on discord i'll post this on patreon and give the date there and my nose is making weird sounds again. But yeah, we're going to be watching that. And that's for Patreons only. Because I finally, finally found a way how to give back to you guys. And I'm super thankful. Oh, and also, tomorrow morning at 10.30 a.m. I'll be interviewed by the Polish public television, TVP, about, you know, situation in the Baltics. So that's going to be good. And again, my nose is going to start making the weird sounds very soon. It is what it is. Uh, next episode is going to be a bit better. But yeah, Prigozhin closed down his Patriot Media Group. That group was uh, the thing that uh, basically did all the fake news. If you see less troll posts these days, then that's because Prigozhin can no longer pay them at all. That's funny. Also, he's closed down his Concord. Like, Concord is his group that, that did the whole, you know, feeding the Russian army at Russian schools thing. Now, currently at the moment... Now, currently at the moment, uh, he can't really do anything and he had to close his businesses down. And that's a problem because, well, he used to get his money from this troll farm thing. And then also he uh, just fed everyone in Moscow and in Russia in general in like public schools. And they won't have any food and no one has solved this. And same with the army. Like no one knows who's going to feed the army next because he just went on to the office of, of this Patriot group and to Concord and told to just shut everything down instantly and uh, and also eliminate all presence of the, from the internet which is just extra fun and I called up the buddies because you know I had my friend uh, well two of them in the, in the whole Russian troll farms and they said that they have been forced all of them to sign a forced resignation thing so that you know the company can close down they're not even getting their uh, you know, severance packages, not nothing like that, no, it's just that one day, everything just closed down, but uh, yeah, I feel, of course, happy that I've outlived Wagner Group, and now these troll farms, but I want to speak about more, more about troll farms, I want to talk about why they're important, and what, what happened with them, because we're talking about a major, major state thing that's over, like, at least 60? I think they have like 60 web pages and two television channels. and It's huge. So, you know, let's get into it. See, Mr. Prigozhin is, isn't just the founder of the Wagner Group. He's 
not only the man who stays the rebellion, he's also a billionaire, his value is over $1 billion, who owns a variety of businesses. A fact that Vladimir Putin, our best buddy here, emphasized on Tuesday, June 27, uh, t- when telling a group of defense ministry officers about Prigozhin's vast earnings on state catering contracts. Journalists from uh, Bumaga, from our news outlet in St. Petersburg, were where most Prigozhin's assets are based, spoke to billionaires' local business partners to found, find out what is now happening with his non-mercenary companies. That's the thing. And here's their story. And again, I'm sorry about noises. I just, my nose is acting up. It's awful. It wouldn't happen normally, but sorry about that one. Yevgeny Prigozhin didn't always advertise his leadership at Wagner. In fact, he denied any direct involvement in the mercenary group until well after it became Russia's most visible fighting force in Ukraine. According to journalists at the Bell, the original idea for the organization belongs, well, ironically, kind of, to several high-ranking officers in the Ministry of Defense. It is believed that Wagner Group cut its teeth in eastern Ukraine, fighting alongside Moscow-backed separatists in the Donbass. Later, the mercenaries reportedly assassinated several prominent field commanders in the self-proclaimed Donetsk and Luhansk People's Republics, when they returned to align with Moscow's power vertical. Next, Wagnerites shipped out for operations in Syria and in the Central African Republic. In November 2022, after the whale slipped from Prigozhin's leadership at Wagner Group, the PMC Wagner Center opened in St. Petersburg in a 23-story building on Zoilaya Street. With apparent aspirations to become a sprawling incubator for pro-invasion projects, the center announced plans to make office space available at no cost to quote-unquote patriotic journalists, creators, designers, and IT specialists. Over the next six months, the center welcomed dozens of new residents, including Z-bloggers, a drone aviation school, the Cyberfront Z movement, which coordinated writing pro-war comments on social media, and, uh, well, many others. But he had operated before. After all, he had a massive media group. One of these groups staged master classes in military education for orphans and troubled teens using trainers with established ties to neo-Nazi groups. But this insider reported that one. On April 2023, Prigozhin announced the opening of Wagner Group recruiting center- centers across St. Petersburg to be housed at one, shoot- at one shooting range and four martial arts clubs. Sai Tikhonov, the founder of one of those sports clubs, told the Bumaga that neither Prigozhin's rebellion nor Saturday's police raids affected recruitment across the city. Quote, Until the order comes down, of course, we'll be keeping recruiting at gyms. So far, there's been nothing. After all, nothing serious happened. They haven't dissolved the organization, and uh, they haven't banned it. A native of Petersburg, Prigozhin has deep ties to the region. Before he became the mercenary leader who captured Bakhmut and staged an insurrection against Russia's own military, Prigozhin gained notoriety abroad for his ties to the so-called Internet Research Agency. Better known as Russia's troll factory, this group was responsible for the online interference in the United States politics that led to the first Western sanctions against Prigozhin. In 2019, Prigozhin's troll factory, well, his empire basically, expanded with the Patriot Media Group, an umbrella outfit for dozens of websites and names like Economics Today, Politics Today, and so on. Over the years, Patriot 
courted friendly ties to hundreds of small regional projects nationwide. Yevgeny Prigozhin headed the media group's board of trustees until late May 2023, when he transitioned to a role of a deputy board member to focus more on the war in Ukraine. Naturally, the Troll Factory also invested in promoting pro-invasion narratives. In March 2022, by Prigozhin's own admission, he helped launch the Cyberfront Z Telegram channel, a project devoted to bullying celebrities who criticized the war in Ukraine and demanding the cancellation of their performances in Russia. The group also spams comment sections online with pro-invasion remarks. Journalists at Fontanka have tied the channel's employer, employers to legal entities connected to Prigozhin. An investigative report last fall, published by the Dossier Center, found that roughly 400 companies made up Prigozhin's entire troll factory. These groups have received hundreds of millions of rubles in funding to flood social media with fake comments to buy promotions on popular news and blogger channels, and even to plant bogus reports in legacy news outlets like the newspaper Commerçant. An aspect of the troll factory schemes that receives very little attention abroad, well, in the West, that is, perhaps it's a local rivalry after all, is Prigozhin's feud with St. Petersburg governor Alexander Beglov. The conflict grew more heated in 2021 when Prigozhin's position in the region began to weaken. And, uh, yeah, more recently, the campaign about Prigozhin and his troll empire has escalated from mere criticism about the governor's, well, slow cleanup and trash pickup efficiency or things like that, to outright attacks and legal efforts, including positions, pet- sorry, petitions, my nose is so clogged up, many sorry, demanding treason charges against Beglov. As with his role at Wagner Group, Yevgeny Prigozhin didn't acknowledge his control over the trolls relatively recently. In this case, in February 2023, when he deemed it appropriate to declare that the group was necessary for, quote-unquote, defending Russia's information space from the obnoxious, aggressive propaganda of anti-Russian messaging in the West. On June 24th, during, during Prigozhin's armed rebellion, Russia's federal censor blocked the websites and social media accounts of the publications that comprised the Patriot Media Group on the grounds that these outlets were spreading incitements to join the armed rebellion. That same day, the authorities raided the offices of several quote-unquote newsrooms under Prigozhin's control. Journalists at Bumaga have learned that the websites are still blocked, but the latest outlet in Prigozhin's pocket, Ria Fan, total garbage site, by the way, and uh, complete propaganda, already has a backup site up and running. It turns out that the publication anticipated its confrontation with the federal censor at least a month ago and registered the domain riafan.org on May 18th, 2023. But you may ask, how does money is being made here? Well, you see, there are six companies registered in Yevgeny Prigozhin's name that have not already been dissolved. Three of these businesses are different legal entities for the Concord Catering Company. Prigozhin also serves as the director of the real estate company that legally manages the Wagner Group and Wagner Center and owns 49% of a film distribution business. Additionally, he owns 80% of another property leasing and management firm. That's the thing. He owns a lot of money, but he also obeys Putin in a way. Well, he did. So, it's a bit weird. But invasion from Belarus, by the way, I just slapping now and end, is that, uh, yeah, Prigozhin would have just invaded Belarus on his own if he wanted to, and it was, if he was given commands to. So now, now that's pretty safe. 
But uh, yeah, his money well is drying up, and they're gonna have to figure out new ways how to make more cash for Wagnerville if it even survives. See, journalists at Virskamiya have also tied Prigozhin to several businesses not registered in his name that reported record profits in 2022. For example, Russo Capital, which supplies food to schools and hospitals in Moscow, won more than 150 state contracts and earned 760 million rubles, which is $8.9 million, in profits. Reports at MBK Media, meanwhile, connect Prigozhin to a company called Verona, which made 750 million rubles, $8.8 million, on school catering deals in Moscow. Prigozhin doesn't do school catering in St. Petersburg, at least not anymore. Concord on a contract to supply food to 14 schools in the city in 2011, but that work ended just after one year. The company doesn't even bid on these contracts anymore. More than once, Prigozhin has tried to implement investment projects in St. Petersburg. That also is true. In 2021, the Megaline company, which has unofficial ties to Prigozhin, signed an agreement with the Municipal Investment Committee to create a maritime industrial complex just outside the city. Prigozhin claims that he hoped to invest as much as 300 billion rubles into St. Petersburg's infrastructure. Journalists have written that Prigozhin offices, uh, has offices at the Trezini Palace Hotel in Petersburg, which he calls his own hotel. During Saturday's rebellion, the authorities raided his property too, by the way, seizing 4 billion rubles, which is $46.8 million in cash, in cash, again, along with boxes of guns and apparently narcotics and some gold bars. Prigozhin says the money was intended for Wagner Group soldiers. In the past, Prigozhin has claimed that he would like to rebuild the hotel, expand it to adjacent lots and that he's acquired, but the project will have to wait until, you know, there's a new governor, as he says. According to information that I have in my hands, not one of the, his investments uh, are, are is currently in motion. The massive maritime industrial complex was reportedly given to another investor and Prigozhin openly accuses Governor Biglov of sabotaging his other projects. And there are also other several assets registered in the names of Prigozhin's wife and his two children. For example, the family owns property in a gated community outside of St. Petersburg at Lake, Lake Lachta. Records show that the Concord Company managed the construction of the community's 49 villas, some of which belong individually to Prigozhin, his wife Lyubov, their, shop, their son Pavel, and their daughter Polina. Counted together, this real estate adds up to roughly 17,000 square meters, which is uh, around uh, 180,000 square feet. Prigozhin's older daughter, Veronika, is the registered founder of a hotel not far from Marinsky Theater while Pavel Pagozhin formed a business center located in the Sinopskaya embankment. The family owns other properties throughout St. Petersburg as well. Some have old history, like a restaurant launched in 1986, where Pagozhin used to entertain and dine the city's political elites. There is more recent history too, you know, like a food court of University embankment where a bombing in April 2023 killed a war correspondent, Vladimir Tatarsky. After this, you know, he got the kind of Oh, that was not the got the bust. After that attack, Prigozhin said he'd previously transferred control over the cafe to, to the cyber cyber front Z movement. It's all a bit weird. But yeah, Prigozhin lost all of this. So that's a bit that's a bit shabby. But yeah, that's all done. I have outlived Prigozhin's media group. But at the end of this, you know, I'm not the only one who suffered personally. We're all journalists here, and uh 
I have to mention that to end this episode up, because I have to record and I'm a bit late. Novaya Gazeta journalist Yelena Milashina was attacked in Chechnya. On the morning of July the 4th, journalist Yelena Milashina and her lawyer, Alexander Dimov, were attacked in Grozny. That's in Chechnya. The car was intercepted by mask assailants on the way from airport to the city. Milashin and Yemov were beaten with batons and kicked, including in the face. Fingers were broken. Black eyes were had. He was, she was shaven because she criticized Ramzan Kadiro. I do as well. And I've been into a lot of trouble with all my criticisms and everything. But yeah, my fellow journalist got injured. So I'm paying my respects. But uh, yeah, this is about it for today. I'm going to go record the interview now. Or maybe move it until my nose gets a bit cleaner. And, uh, well, got to keep you updated. Got to go on with all the news and everything. That's the day you Please consider becoming our patrons on patreon.com slash easternborder or clicking the donate button on easternborder.lv. I will close up and clean my nose because, well, I can't let that stop me from making more episodes. Sorry about the noise quality because my nose is just making weird sounds. And uh, as always, happiness is mandatory. До свидания, товарищи.